0: You're listening to Power Pearls Podcast, intuitive, purpose-driven yarn crafting to empower your knits and pearls. Hey, Power Pearlers. Before we get started with this episode, just a few quick announcements for you. I first wanna share that Power Pearls Unplugged now has a new home on IGTV. You can check out my new videos every week by visiting me on Instagram, checking out my channel. You can find me by searching at Kara Got Warner. So make sure to follow me so you know when I post new videos. Also, if you want to stay even more connected, join my email list to get updates on new videos, podcast episodes, challenges, and mini courses, and of course other th- activities that I'm up to. So go to karagawarner.com forward slash updates. Now a little bit about the episode. Okay, so once again, I am joined by my good friend, Tabitha Hedrick. And today we talk about how to keep your passion going after you start a creative business. Now I learned this early on from a good friend and, a des- and designer. She said, Mark my words, Cara, in a year, you will not be making your own samples. Get a sample maker, get test knitters, take the time to outsource so you can work on your business, not in your business all the time. Also doing your own samples can make your passion fizzle. And I don't want to see that happen for you. So take my advice. Outsource your sample making, work with sample makers, work with tech editors, of course, and consider the idea of outsourcing to help keep your sanity. Okay, on with the show. I hope you enjoy it. So are you ready to start the episode? I
1: am super ready.
0: I'm so excited about today because we have so many cool things to talk about. We have, we're, lo- we're both looking at an awesome Google Doc with all this goodness on it. So today, Tabitha, thank you for joining me um, for another episode of Power Pearls Podcast. As always, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. So anyway, we're going to dive into a topic. Um, so this is sort of like a business series, you guys, but it's also, you know, look at it as self improvement, self development. So you don't have to be in business necessarily. Like I know that sometimes the word business scares scares you off. Yeah. But before we we you know meaning both Tabitha and I started our businesses in this space right uh, in in yarn crafting. We we. We were passionate yarn crafters to begin with, right? We love knitting, so that's the thing. Like, so you know, these are these are the things that we're going to be talking about. You can use them for yourself personally, or if you're in business, they're just going to help cultivate um, all that stuff behind the scenes to be more mindful, to have more concentration, to stay with it with your business. To really, when those times get dark, and they will. They will, unfortunately, but <laughs> if you no, but if you love what you're doing, if you love the the craft or this, this, you know your why, what your why is for doing what you're doing, you can really crowd out, you know, all the other icky stuff, or at Absolutely. least not make it doesn't seem so bad. So we're going to be talking about how to keep the passion in yarn crafting after you start a business. So that's what we're going to talk about. So yes, it is more focused towards those of you that want to, you know, get into this as a biz or test the waters and just get into a magazine or maybe just do a few patterns on your Ravelry shop. So no no heavy luggage here, but Great. there are some really important things to consider, right, Tabitha? So we're going to go through five tips um, you know, or questions, or things that you, you should you should keep in mind uh, when you decide to go down this path of uh, you know of starting so your
1: of keeping that passion going. So do you do you want to start? Yes, I'll start. Yeah? I'll start the first one, and it's something I learned years and years and years ago. Is when you open up your planner, you start with that month view. You take a day or two or one day a week or there has to be at least one day in that month that you block off as your self-care time where you are not working, whether it's taking a break altogether, whether it's having family time, whether it's exploring something free form or creative or just totally different. Some different thing. Just make sure that you schedule self-time so that you are not working 24-7.
0: Absolutely
1: important.
0: I totally, totally agree with that because I think especially for those of you that might be interested in like the design piece, like the patterns, Mm -hmm. it's technical, right? Tabitha. So it's like you get really like your brain just gets a little bit fried, I think. At least mine, I know mine. Excuse me, mine has for sure. Like absolutely. So it's like um, when I would switch off to doing something that has no pattern, totally free form, or maybe it's someone else's pattern. I think that's one of one of the things that we're talking about in, in one of the other tips. No, this is probably the yeah the first one. I already said that, or I wrote that on the Google <laughs> Doc, or someone else's pattern. Make someone else's pattern right if you're yeah. not if you're not a free form going kind of person, but I love doing that. And I love to just say I'm knitting for the sake of knitting. And, you know, if I feel like, you know, taking a different turn and purling on the next row, then I'm going to purl or yeah. turn over and, you know, make an Island. Whatever. I,
1: I design the, I don't know, 80% of my, work with my company is design related and 75% of that is sitting on the computer writing patterns and answering questions and answering emails and tech editing and managing all of those messages and everything. So, when Sunday comes around, Sunday, I, I call it, I've heard the term scrappy Sunday, sock Sunday. I just choose (laughs) something completely random. I pull from my stash. I knit something that doesn't take any brain power. I just, that's all I do. On Sundays is my, I'm not thinking about work design related knitting. Mm -hmm. I'm knitting just for me.
0: Yeah. So yeah, knitting and Netflix. (laughs) Yeah. And I, did I tell you that I wrote an article for the, I didn't write it, I interviewed, I was interviewed for an article. Oh,
1: yes, I remember that, yes. For the Boston yep. Globe. I remember. And it was, yeah, it was like called,
0: I guess it was called something to the effect of knitting and Netflix. Yep. And it was, because um, there were
1: knitting TV shows on Netflix at that time. Um, yeah. My binging is on Amazon Prime right now. I'm watching. Is it really? eight seasons of Psych.
0: <laughs> uh, do you have are you do you have netflix or you i do i have netflix?
1: Uh, we're we cut the cable about a year and a half ago mm-hmm. and so I'm all am still of thinking we we have an antenna for our local news if i ever get excited enough to want to turn on the local channel (laughs) we just never hardly ever watch it but we have it just as a backup i don't know in case i don't know there's some crazy snow blizzard or something that i need to know about like what's what's the traffic um
0: news is just uh, it's garbage
1: yeah and i don't i don't watch live tv ever because i don't have time to sit and wait for a show to come on or you know i have things to do or i'll get Mm -hmm. interrupted so we have a roku which is just so everything can be centralized. So I just pay for internet. We subscribe to Netflix, which we did when we had cable anyway, so I don't count that in my before and after cost comparison. And we had Amazon Prime while we still had cable, so I don't count that in my cost comparison. But the only other things, we we subscribe to CBS Full Access, which is um, just all the CBS shows, and you can also access live CBS, so you can watch the news or whatever live. Um, through that app uh, and then Hulu and then during Game of Thrones season we do the HBO app and then cancel it at the end oh, of Oh, wow. <laughs> Wait,
0: okay, so we have to have a conversation about this because it's no. so complex, you know, and...
1: It's and not. And People think head. it is. But really- I know, but...
0: Well, when my husband and I go down that rabbit hole, like, should we get rid of cable? So like paying $200 a
1: month. Yeah, that's... We um, only pay um, right now with Internet, Netflix, CBS, Amazon Prime all of it, I, we're still less than $75 a month. With internet? With internet. Because com-
0: I have Comcast. This is turning into a whole different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have Comcast. Uh, and so for internet, just yeah. internet alone is not, is like 96 bucks.
1: Uh, it depends. If you cancel your account with Comcast, with whatever current account you have, cable, blah, blah, uh-huh. blah, blah, blah. And then just, and you, so every time you change, I can't you can get Anytime you change anything, yeah. so you say, I'm dropping, I know. They will, they'll give you the beginner price. So, when oh. we have, um, what's it called, Charter Spectrum here, I can't get Comcast, and so our intro price was like $33, and now oh our regular price is
0: $50. Holy, okay, holy moly. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> anyway, Um Yeah. So, so yeah. So knitting and Netflix. (laughs) So
1: there's lots of options for your binging. (laughs)
0: That's (laughs) right. I should add, I'll I'll have to add a link to that Boston Globe article. It's probably still out there, but yeah, it's pretty funny. And actually at the time I didn't have Netflix, but I was like, yeah, of course I'm a, binge watcher yeah. I binge everything you know when it comes to like being able to knit have an excuse to knit hello I <laughs> um, and I did an episode about binge knitting here in the podcast I should li- and I'll link up to that as well yeah it's like a little reminder for myself to remember to do that but anyway it it. just ways to yeah to add to, to do that have that self feel good like take a bubble bath with your <laughs> knitting time
1: yeah that counts put that on the calendar
0: mm-hmm. yeah Um, okay. So number two, I'll do it. I'll get into that. So get help right now. We both differ on this. This is what (laughs) we had some comments. I actually agree with you, but yeah. Hire sample makers. Mm -hmm. Now, this is for those of you that are really starting to get hardcore or imagine that you want to get to that point where you're going to knit all the time, all your samples, but advice that was given to me when I first started as a designer way back in the day, hire sample makers. And she said, mark my words, Kara. This was my mentor. um, She said, you will not be making your own samples in a year from now. And she was right. Because I just, you know, I got to the point where filling my own holes, creating my own, you know, knitting my own stuff on deadline, it made me really dislike knitting. I mean, knitting that stuff, which would have ended up, Me feeling like I dislike knitting. Now I know some people don't feel that way, but I've seen most people go down that go down that rabbit hole or down that path. Mm -hmm. That happens. I I saw it with editors. So when I was with Annie's, I saw editors get you know come in really excited. I remember one of the uh, quilting editors, very creative, very artistic, free form. um, You know, very you know, just like an artist. And she started filling her own holes in the in the magazine. And she was, she was gone. She quit like in a year. Yeah. Uh, she couldn't do it. She's like, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> I hate my craft. And I, I didn't want to oh, say like, well, you shouldn't have been making your own quilts. <laughs> you know, you shouldn't have been making the... Because, I mean, it just happens. It can happen. So, I just think to keep your sanity and to, to act like a business owner, you should have a sample maker. So, if you want this to be a business and you want it to scale, we've heard that word, right? If we're in, out there trying to be in business if you want your design business to scale, you need sample makers and you need people, you need to delegate your work. So what do you think about that, Tabitha?
1: It's interesting because my boss has been telling me, you need to get some sample knitters. You need to get some sample knitters so that you can, you know, not be knitting 24 Mm seven. My problem is it is extremely difficult to find reliable, consistent sample knitters. Now, I I love, I love my fiber crafting peeps. I love all of you, the energy and the love and the work you do. (sighs) Unfortunately, the majority of the people I have worked with don't understand gauge. And so it's very difficult for them to knit sweaters to size. Um, I've had to, I don't know, almost 40% of the samples I get back, I have to end up ripping and refixing. Really?
0: Because, so because, even have you reached out to people on Ravelry because I oh, hear yes. oh, great. Okay. So
1: yeah. I mean, but I don't. I, I, ha- one of my very good designers friends is a huge designer and she puts out like a ton of designs because she only uses sample knitters. She very rarely knits herself. Uh, in fact, I know three right off the top of my head and, but they have a cons- uh, the same pool of sample knitters mm-hmm. that they use constantly and I just have not, I have one girl that I really, really love and I use her regularly because she's been very consistent and on time. But like I had a sample knitter that um, I'm checking in. How's it going? What questions? You know, trying to keep up that communication. Oh, it's going great. I just finished the socks and they fit my head. Oh, geez. (laughs) I mean, um... I literally put them on my head uh, because she, she, that was just one. I just The consistency I've run into personally with just not being able to find sample knitters who get gauge and who understand that, you know, Mm -hmm. they, if something looks fishy, they either, uh, they're either too advanced and they go right past it and just fix it and don't tell me about it, or Mm -hmm. it, or they just, they think that they don't know enough, so they'll keep knitting and it's wrong. And so then they have to rip because Mm -hmm. I'll say, no, that's not how it should end up, you know, if there's a tiny error or something like that. Um, so the, the level of communication needed to be able to work with sample knitters if you don't have an adequate team set up. So really sample knitters is an amazing idea and I love it. And I want so very, very desperately to have all sample knitters, but Mm -hmm. I have not reached a place where I have found consistent, my stress levels go up when I have to deal with a a Mm
0: -hmm, sample knitter. mm -hmm.
1: Like it's easier for me to knit it myself.
0: I see. I mean, I know that in my experience, when I worked with sample knitters, I had only a handful that yeah. I really trusted, right. and I held on to them like they were gems. And I was like, "You cannot have, you know, like a. It's like you're, you know, it's my, it's all mine. You're all mine, kind of thing. Because you know, it yeah it started getting too busy, then I couldn't work with them. I know it's like I'm telling I'm telling you guys to go, you know, get sample knitters, but yeah, it's hard. Thing is, is that yeah, it's hard to find hard, good yeah. people, but it's worth investing your energy and time right. because the alternative is you won't be able to scale your business the way you really want right. to. If you're if you're thinking like bigger, yeah, because it's gonna and 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 quite honestly, you could jeopardize your excitement, uh, your passion for the actual craft itself. Um, and that was one thing I'll just say right right off the bat when I uh, so yeah, I said this before about my when I was designing, but even when I was an editor. I never filled my holes because I always kept that in the back of my mind. I know and I and I've designed, I designed every couple of issues. I would design something mm-hmm. for the magazine, something really simple, really had to be simple because I would lose interest <laughs> so fast. <laughs> There's something, and I'm so glad I know this about myself and um, had the foresight because what I love the most is the sketching and the swatching yeah, and putting it on paper that's and it's the like best part. the Fire of the blank page, and oh, this yeah. idea, and then I'm like, uh, stuck in it, stock in it <laughs> stock.
1: yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, um, and the deadline was would kill me, like, why did I do this to myself? I'm the editor, and I'm doing this to myself, so, um, yeah, so anyway. That's, some, that's That's just our good advice there. Yeah. So you want to go into number three on our list, Tabitha?
1: Number three is really your domain, though. No. Oh, um, yeah. Just because I have never – well, I guess I have hired help. So um, uh, it, number three is hiring an admin or something to help you with the, you know, the little irritating things. Like if I could hire somebody to do most of my yeah. job – I Have a job. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, okay. So, yeah. Um. That that's true. This was one that I picked. I was. I'll just tell you guys. I've been quote unquote using VAs since I was the editor of Crave Knitting. I literally outsourced most of my job, <laughs> and I did it on the budget of the. You know, like I knew I had a budget. I wanted to be steering the ship now, and I'm just saying this is about being a b- good business person. Even though, I, you know, I was. Yeah, I was a, I was, I was an employee, but I, you know, you still, when you're in an executive position, you're still expected to run the business, right? And so I knew that in order to create amazing covers and come up with the right theme and pick the right projects, that was that were really going to resonate in a realistic and a very practical way with the audience. I had to be a little bit up here, as opposed to, you know, so uh, working. On the magazine as opposed to in the magazine. And so you helped me. You literally became one of those people that, you know, I outsource a lot of pieces of the magazine, which you're still doing to this day, right? So (laughs) the the yarn review, the product reviews, you would do tutorials. And I did those in the early days, but then I realized that it took me away from the R&D, right? The research development, finding new talent, recruiting new talent. you know, making sure the the look and feel of the magazine, like the templates were fresh, like, you know, trends, like what's going on out there, you know, that's part of R&D. So, um, so that is something that I that I did and I took pride in doing that and I thought, you know, I'm going to be able to, I'm going to do that, but I'm going to make it work within the budget that I had, you know. Um, so, every magazine had like a design budget and I figured out, you know, okay, here's the editorial articles, here are the tutorials, I, uh, I have this much money for hiring um, sample makers, um, whatever, so on and so forth. And then when I started working for myself, I just used that same kind of um, mindset because you know the way I look at hiring a VA or uh, some, someone to do some administrative work, it's not an expense. I mean, it is an expense, but it's an investment right. in being able to generate more resources or freeing you up to be more creative so that you can be doing only the things that you can do. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I did that. I actually, I'll say, I, right now I don't have a VA. I was working with someone. Um, she is amazing. She was worth and is worth every penny for the people that work with her. Um and her name is Jess Cook. She's been on the podcast before. Um, but I got to the point where I had to kind of reassess. I stopped doing the podcast for a while and just make some pivots. You know, first year of business is like a lot of that stuff. Yeah. So I want to work with her again, but you know, it's like, it's one of those things where she was doing things like she would, like literally she could read my mind. That's how good she was. So to find someone like that is like, you know gold yeah um but you know what even if you find someone that can just take one thing or two things off your plate the things that you're not really that good at yeah. or you feel like really connected to you know um you know,
1: i i have uh my own team um through my job and two of them are my tech editors um and because I can't take it at all. That's not my thing. Um, but a lot of my initial job when I first began was dealing with the pattern layouts and laying out all the patterns. And so that was really just such a um, a time-involved task that I we added a layout person to my team. And that's been, she's been wonderful.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's something to think about when you get to the point. I mean, it wouldn't be when you're just starting out right. in business, you know, <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, if it's, if you're like not able to pay rent because you're paying your VA, yeah, that's, that's definitely a problem. Yeah. And, um, okay. So number four, uh, to explore other creative outlets, explore new crafts or do craft shows, one of a kind pieces. I mean, this kind of ties back into number one, But to give yourself a new challenge or a goal to explore every month isn't maybe another idea. Like maybe you need to hone your skills as a photographer, taking better Instagram photos, um, that sort of thing. Because all this kind of adds to that bottom line and makes you, you like adds to your US, your USP. Sorry, your unique selling proposition. Mm -hmm. Throwing some fancy words out there. (laughs) But like just another designer, we don't really need another designer but what is it that um makes you special you know why you're a designer you know uh why you want to get into this do you want to make um a difference in the world with you know how you create your designs maybe you want to help you know women in third world countries have a job and you're going to outsource work i mean i don't know i'm just sort of pulling it out of my head here but um you know so it is good to explore those outlets to see where you could, um, you know, kind of uh, tap more directly or more authentically into why you want to do this business. Why you want to wake up and, you know, why you want to jump out of bed. To do well, it.
1: and you, you said it earlier, give... Choosing a new goal or a challenge every month is a really big one. Like you look at the just those monthly Instagram challenges that people start. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. There's like 14 going on right now, uh, where every day it's a theme kind of thing. And those, that's to help you start thinking out of the box, thinking a little differently than you normally have. Uh, and you can do that like with your daily life. I'm I'm kind of known for every year I choose a. Project and that project is something I'm going to master by the end of the year. This year it's pie baking. Oh gosh. (laughs) A couple years ago it was learning the ins and outs of whiskey. Mm. A couple years before that Mm. it was photography. So like, and so I schedule, it's part of myself time, but I schedule time once or twice a month where I can devote reading and just engaging and using my hands and my creative brain in just a bit of a different direction. And Mm -hmm. I can take those concepts of whatever I learned there and bring them back into my knitting business with a bit more passion and excitement.
0: Yeah. And you know, that for me, like, I feel like that trickles into uh, all the other areas yeah. too. Like if you're creative at one thing, you're going to be creative in these other things. And there's a quote uh, or a saying, like the way you do one thing is how you do everything. Yep. So like, um, you know, I was going to say, oh, cause I'm drinking my smoothie, but like I'm, I'm always like, what can I concoct? Like what kind <laughs> of smoothie can I create that's healthy? Um, I mean, cause I always have a smoothie for breakfast. Um, and then I love cooking. I mean, I'm a plant-based cook, you know, like I'm always, you know, uh, Kind of dreaming up these fantastical dishes for my family, and they always eat them. And let me tell you, when a nine-year-old eats the, eats food that's hundred percent plant-based, and he loves it to death, you know you you hit on something really
1: good. Um, <laughs> I need your so recipe.
0: I love to get creative in the kitchen. I love it, and I also at the gym. Like for me, going back to that bubble bath, I never want that to ever feel like a chore, and I never feel feels like a chore in the kitchen either when I'm cooking. Because to me, these things are like sort of a, an art form, you know, a way of expressing certain things. And like when I'm at the gym, because I'm also a cycle instructor, I was going to say spin, but that would be confusing for everybody because of the yarn spinning. But like I, I'm always kind of creating something, you know, in that respect too, when it's like movement, being on a bike, um, doing yoga. Yeah. So like thinking in terms of uh, residing in that moment, right? being present instead of oh, working on oh. yeah. or or cooking in the kitchen. Oh what I'm gonna make. <laughs> like really turning it into an event. That's just me. So maybe most people are like, that's great. That's really nice, Kara. <laughs> But I guys love all like cooking, <laughs> but I do. Yeah. This is how. So for me, it all I need it all to blend. Yeah. And sometimes I, I mean, look, It's not always like that, but for the most part, that's my. I'm always striving for that. And uh, yeah. So that's a good one, number four. Yeah. So now, Tabitha, you—this was yours. Number this five
1: time. is the big one. It is networking and going to shows like Ditting Live or trade shows like TNNA or the uh, National Needle Arts Association. Going to those shows, uh, I can't tell you there. There are two distinct times in my life where I was burnt out and I hate this. I don't even know why I'm going to this trade show because I just don't (laughs) want to talk to anybody. Like I've been in those stages where I was literally, I'm like battling myself to get on the plane. I mean, that's how like deep the burnout was. And then I get to the show and there's all these new things and there's these people and there's these ideas start circulating and we're all talking about the ins and outs and pros and cons and how we overcame this and how we market that and I come home so rejuvenated and excited and writing down like I'm, I'm back on the plane home whereas before I couldn't, I didn't want to go because there was no point because I hated my job. Not my job now, this is when I was an indie designer, <laughs> I love my job now. Um, Mm -hmm. To coming home and not wanting to get on the plane to go back home yet because I just, I'm I'm on the plane, I'm just writing, writing, writing all of these ideas and new goals and new dreams and things to try and uh, just Mm -hmm. networking keeps the passion burning.
0: My essential oil. It's it's like blood, blood orange. Anyway, you got well, your patrons you can see this, but listeners are like, what? Um, but yeah, so I wrote in the Google Doc totes um, because it's so true, and I have to say that this, yeah, this is a big one. It's it's big, worth every penny, every penny, because you can't, you cannot. You don't know until you get there. Like if you had a crystal ball, you'd be like, oh yeah, there's no, I mean, this, the the amount that I'm spending to get to this event is negligible. There's something powerful about the energy of being in a place, in a room, in whatever with people that are excited and have ideas. Um, And yeah, so whenever we go to TNNA or I know this year you guys went to CHA.
1: No, that um, was, we went to TNNA this year.
0: Oh, I thought you went to CHA. CHA
1: was last year.
0: Okay, they don't call it CHA anymore. That was the craft. Yeah, hobby. it's called so it's Creativation. 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 Yeah. yeah. So that's another <laughs> trade show for creatives. But you know, there's there's many. I mean, we we so since we're talking about networking, so from the designer aspect, so T N N A, which many of you guys have heard me talk about, you know, all so many times, known as T, uh, the National Needle Needle Arts Trade. National Needle Arts Association, Association. yeah, T N A dot org, and they're uh, getting and then, ready
1: for the Cleveland show this summer. Oh,
0: oh it's in Cleveland. It's, in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. it's not Columbus. No, Cleveland. Oh, oh, I was thinking Columbus. It's fine because Cleveland, <laughs> Cleveland is still local to me. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but anyway. Uh, so there's that show, and then there is the cre- creativation.
1: Creativation, and which is not—it's very not fiber friendly. friendly. Uh, there's, uh, it's less than ten. 10 but wouldn't you say percent. though,
0: from the idea point
1: of view, it's—you
0: know—no, it, there's lots of light bulby moments that you can come away with. Like no. bloggers are there. No, um, it's not no. Really, so
1: it, I mean, I know some people who are in the fiber industry. Um, who have been very successful coming back from that, but their goals are not fiber specific. So I have one friend who goes every year, but she does, um, uh, I guess you could say, project management for large craft companies. She does sewing as well. Um, So she's going at it from that kind of perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, Just, I mean, at this time, I know Sweet Georgia's probably not going to go back to it anytime soon because it, again, it's, it, it's very paper focused. Very paper it, yeah. Heavy.
0: Mm. And anyway, and yeah, I've never is, been,
1: I've never been. So I thought the, energy I on the floor is very different, but business, yeah. I mean, fiber wise, it's lovely. Blogger wise, I mean, fiber wise, it's okay. Blogger wise, I would say it's really big if you are a craft blogger in general, Great mm-hmm. place to go to. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of crochet designers who went. I, I'm, I'm still trying to well, figure out what it does Well, maybe them, because but, of um, Red Heart. Is yeah. it Red Heart there?
0: Bernat is yeah, there. It's the big but box. They're, but they're at, um, well, Red Heart isn't at TNNA, but I mean, some of those, yeah. Okay. That's probably why. And then also for crocheters, they go to the, the CGOA, which is the mm-hmm. Crochet yes. Guild of America, um, which is the Knit... The knit and crochet show is that what they still call it, or did they change the name? I of
1: have no idea, but I don't know if that's a trade show or if it's a no, it's like consumer,
0: show. it's consumer, yeah. but but crocheters design, crochet right. designers, it's been known, it's kind of become this thing that that's the trade, the quote I'm in right. air quotes, trade show for crocheters, yes, um, I,
1: and I didn't I've, know that. Because I know a lot was, of crocheters who go, a lot of right. designers who go to that as well. And I've because they nothing, have meetups for. I have no editors. idea what they do there, but I, I've heard lots of positive feedback about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's classes and then it's a market right. and the marketplace is consumers. So you can be yeah. The difference is it's a mini TNNA, but it's more for consumers. So right. it's. Yarn shops. Some of the the you know the wholesalers are there, and they have booths too. But it's super small. It's geared towards crochet. Mm-hmm. I do have an editor meetup, which like the crochet world and crochet editors would be like mobbed. I went a couple of years, and I was sitting there twiddling my thumbs <laughs> because, well, you know, because it's a. You know, crochet. And it's so funny. I had this one woman come up to me and she's like, I'm just going to come sit here with you because you're all by yourself. And, I just talk and, I, and I'm just like, Oh, I, Hey, you know what? <laughs> this is a break. This is a nice break. Cause when I go to, when I would go to CGOA, yeah. I would actually just like be there as like a consumer and buy yarn yeah. and then go up to my hotel room and just make <laughs> that's it. So that's for awesome. me, it was like, you know, it was fun.
1: Yeah. There's a, there's a bunch of like, um, big consumer shows like Stitches and yeah. Vogue's knitting shows. And a lot of, um, I know a lot of designers go to those now. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know cost-wise, cost, pr- cost wise, like what the comparison would be versus c- from consumer versus trade. Um, but it's that same thing where everybody, everybody, it's a chance to get out of your vacuum. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that and like going to a trade show, for example, specifically, um, you get to meet with editors and yarn companies, and that face to face contact. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, every single show, every single one, I have gotten m- some of the biggest, most amazing jobs and opportunities in my Absolutely. life. Mm-hmm. six six months to a year later. I mean, it takes that long oh, yeah. to work in, it, but it's because it of that FaceTime. So just so much of it, if, mm-hmm. even if you just pay for one year and you go to those two shows that one year, it mm-hmm. will change mm-hmm. the direction of your business.
0: Yes. And I will say, and I've said this before, I am the poster child for TNA. <laughs> 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 I did... They did a video a couple years ago, and I promoted TNNA. They asked me to do this video and talk about how it how I built my career. I mean, it's yeah. a career builder. If it wasn't for TNNA, I wouldn't have become the editor of Creative Knitting. Mm-hmm. I I wouldn't have had the design business that I had. I wouldn't have. I mean, maybe I would have been an illustrator and you know some of these other <laughs> things that I've that I have under my belt. But as far as the um, the opportunity to work as a magazine yep. editor. I think that I'd be hard-pressed to... I mean, it was like the right place at the right time and hustling because I was just like, I would go with my portfolio back in the day when Instagram wasn't around and I would have a physical portfolio with physical patterns Mm -hmm. and I would literally like set up appointments with the distributors Mm -hmm. before the show started in the hotel lobby or in the booth and say, I really, you know, please take a look at this or I just want to have a conversation and I was persistent. So you know, if this is something that you're serious about, just forget about being afraid to bother these people. If you're professional and you're persistent and you're and you're respectful about how you do it, they're going to respect you. They're going to be like, wow, she's really a go-getter. Yes, I'm going to make yep. time, you know, for this person. Yep. So, but you've got to put in the energy. And I would literally like start, you know, hit the ground running at like whatever time from my first, you know, meeting off the show floor mm-hmm. to the time I went to bed because I would be networking throughout the night, and drinking wine, <laughs> of course. But no, but I mean, like that and That adds, yeah. <laughs> let's face it, that does add to the, um, yep. the social aspect. Um, but talking to people, you know, at in the bars or, or at a dinner or at a networking event and really getting to know the different yarn companies, um, you know, and the ideas that they have and these creative ideas are just like swirling in the air. Yep. It's just, magical
1: yeah and you never know like I've gone to TNNA and had a meeting with an editor and we're like oh that's such a great idea and I I happen to be sitting right there and you should do that Tabitha you know like exactly that's that's how easy it is just how sometimes it goes but my my work with creative knitting came because I met Kara at TNNA I know,
0: <laughs> it's so crazy. Yeah, my, do you remember yeah. the a couple of weeks ago? Um, I posted our first video. It was like funny. Yes. Like oh my video. gosh! Like, you know, I look like, like a baby. <laughs> I know. So why? And um, and it was like down the hallway of some I don't know, like, and, and I'm like holding the phone like this, and, and the whole time I'm smiling, and my arm is like I'm like, ow,
1: <laughs> yep. But ow. I got my I got my job with Sweet Georgia because of TNNA, yeah. because of that relationship I developed with Felicia and her team. Um, so I, I'll. I met an editor at my very, very 1st TNA, and she liked me and my portfolio enough that when like Classic Elite Yarns said, hey, do you have any like ideas? And she went, actually, yeah, here's 10 yeah. email. And three weeks later, I get an email from Classic Elite saying, will you please submit? Um, so, and that was a window I hadn't been able to access mm-hmm. before. So just, it, it will kick your passion yeah, into high gear, going to a networking. Absolutely,
0: and so, so forget what people say. It is, and people have said. Some people say, "Oh, craft. It's you know, um, it's so hard. You really can not make a living as a designer." Let's just be a designer. You can be very scrappy, and mm-hmm. like, there's so like I was an illustrator. You know, people take photos. They do layout design. You know, pattern layout. Um, you know, so
1: and T and A is <laughs> changing where they're able to support that. Uh, recently, in the yeah. past B- years, we've started the business creative.
0: B- yeah, BCS. BCS. BCS stay a while, well, you know, business, business creative. Business creative, creative
1: services. So there's people yeah. that do illustration <laughs> and photography and tutorials and um, uh, teaching and tech editing and pattern layout. And just the whole mm. gamut is is an open doorway for you
0: definitely yeah so that's it Tabitha um this was this is awesome an awesome episode that we recorded here today so absolutely five tips you guys I hope that you enjoyed them and I guess that's that's a wrap that's a wrap till next time all right tabs I'll see ya (laughs) bye bye bye